Have him at first and second. That'll be up to Rafi Devers. Swing and a high fly ball into center field. Kiermaier back at the wall. Kiermaier will watch it. Gone! Rafi Devers! Three-run homer to straightaway center. Boy, it scraped the sky. And when it came down, the Red Sox lead 3-0. The center field is first time. It was caught. Here's a swing and a high drive into left field. Off the bat of Verdugo. It is high, and it is off the wall. Bogarts comes to third. He's going to be waved home. The relay throw will not be nearly in time. It's a Fenway wall ball double for Verdugo. He rocks the baby at second, and it's 4-0 Red Sox. And now 3-2 to Martinez is hit in the air. Left field towards the wall, and another base hit. Banging off the monster. A long single. A five-run third for the Red Sox. A pinch runner goes to third. It's Danny Santana. Kike Hernandez. Coming to the plate with a chance to cap off this incredible division series with a walk-off win. On an 0-1 pitch, Hernandez lifts one to left center field. It is pulled in by Meadows. Here comes Santana. The Red Sox onto the championship series. have won the division series a sacrifice fly by Kiki Hernandez bringing home Danny Santana with a winning run Red Sox walk it off six to five I just came to say goodbye I'm in the corner watching you kiss Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Fenway Park for today's episode of Not Another Sox Podcast. Now, let's meet the hosts, Jack Webster, Matt Galveo, and Matthew LeBeau. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Another Sox Podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Matt LeBeau and Matt Galveo. Big ALDS uh, series win here. Uh, yeah, let's just get right into it, guys. Uh, so I want to release a uh, formal statement um, before we actually uh, start getting into the series here. Um, I am a confirmed dumbass. Um, I uh, I picked the, the Raisin 4. Um, bad, bad call on me. Um, we'll take full responsibility for it. Um, not great. Um, you know, I will, I'll try to be better next time. Um, and there's a deep drive into left by Castellanos. <laughs> I, uh, I would also like to formally, formally well, we, apologize. We were all wrong at the end of the day. It was yeah. So bad. To, to formally apologize to this Boston Red Sox team for saying Red Sox in five when they closed it out in four, you're it's starting to get that feeling. The team's definitely starting to get that feeling. Most importantly, we mentioned on the Twitter before, vengeance for Steve Irwin. But let's talk about the Red Sox maybe being the most anti-sea life team in the entire Major League Baseball. First, they kill a turtle in the wild card game. They beat the Yankees. A turtle dies. Then they go and slaughter the Rays in Steve Irwin's honor. It's time to start, like, maybe saying that the Red Sox are trying to close SeaWorld. Yeah. Well, my I, I only question is, like, who who's going to die next? It's either going to be the White Sox or the Astros. So, like, we might kill space and time as we know it if we <laughs> face Houston. <laughs> We, we we may kill white socks. You may all be wearing black socks, black Nike socks by the end of next week. So, yeah, yeah, but here's the thing: the white socks do wear black socks. It's a very confusing That's process. True. It's a con- it's very confusing, honestly, when you think about it. Um, yeah, I mean, we might, yeah, we might go into uh, we're we're killing. Um, I don't know if turtles. Are, are mammal? Uh, they're not mammals. Kind of like a uh, sea. They're like aquatic, right? Aquatic. You know? So, um, I think they're ambidextrous. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good. 
<laughs> well, let's go with that. Jack uh, Jack Webster, certified uh, marine biologist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's our expert um, on all things sea life. I yeah. like turtles. <laughs> First Bronxy, then the Ray Tank. Just hate to see it. You really do hate to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no socks. Pe- people are talking about it. Uh, big ALCS uh, or AL- ALDS clinching win tonight. Yeah. Um, but man, at the start of this series, it, uh, wasn't looking that way. Didn't look good. Yeah, no, absolutely. In game one there, it was just like, it almost had that sense of like, ah, here we go. I mean, obviously we talked about it in the last podcast, uh, but the Rays were heavy favorites. I, um, uh, rightfully so they were a hundred win team. They performed very consistently throughout the season. And I mean, the Red Sox kind of had a little bit of their ups and downs and, you know, Right now, they're hitting one of those ups, and uh, they're playing uh, great right now, which is all that matters. Yeah. It definitely, first game, it had that, like, 2016, 2017 vibe where you just felt they really weren't going to be competitive in that first round. And then the turning point was just kind of when the offense exploded, game two, and you felt like, all right, you won you won that game with some good offense. Worst-case scenario, maybe you go to game five because the way the offense was looking, it just you knew they were going to get at least one game somewhere. And then it was the Magic in Game 3. And honestly, a lot of Magic tonight. The fact that they didn't lose the lead when Renfro threw the ball to second, I mean home, and yeah. that allowed Rosarina to take second. I mean, I I like threw my phone. I, I was like having a nervous breakdown. I mean, that was just a horrible, horrible, horrible display of baseball. But nonetheless, they didn't get the run. So... You take it. No, and even going back to that second game there, uh, in that first inning, you know, you had a lot of confidence in the top of the first um, when the Sox scored those two big runs. And it really felt like it should have been more because of what it was bases loaded with one out and then double play. So you could have easily scored three, four there. And then, you know, you give up the uh, grand slam to the fucking Luplo, whoever his name is, the goddamn nobody. And I mean, I think that was really a veteran move by Chris Sale to lull them into a false sense of security since um, it was really just all songs after that. So, yeah, Chris Sale knows what he's doing. He'll he'll give up five to give them a uh, like I'm going to save my arm for when it really matters in the ALCS here uh, World Series as well. He he knew that, you know, he's going to be pitching late into October. So he was saving some of his bullets. And I I really do respect it. Yeah, no, you got to love it. And I mean, if if they are going to win an American League championship or a world championship, they are going to need Chris Sale at some point in some capacity, whether it's, um, you know, out of the bullpen, whether it's starting effectively, they're they're just going to need him. You you can't just go in with Pavetta, Erod, and Yavaldi expecting to win a seven-game series against either the Astros or the White Sox. But it looks like the Astros, but the White Sox be tough too. So especially the starting pitching they have. To go toe-to-toe with those guys, you know, Pavetta and Erod starting and maybe who knows, Perez. You need sale. Bottom line, you need sale. So exactly. And um <clears throat> we do gotta give uh, you know, uh, going back to that that second game, I mean, Kike Hernandez might literally just be the the steal of the offseason. I mean, this guy has just raked all postseason. Uh, it, it's tied with him and Hunter Renfro. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And both of them in the outfield. And I mean like that second game, that display, that that hitting, you know, clinic that he put on there with with the extra base hits, um, you know, just absolutely dominating at the plate. Um, I mean, this guy has been a massive, massive uh, uh, a plus for for this Red Sox oh, huge. lineup. Huge, and I think this series, like, that's a great point. This series was like won by Heim Bloom. This was Heim Bloom's masterclass and it, it th- that's just what it was it was it was kike dominating it was pavetta dominating it was you know schwarber with a couple big hits um it, this was this was heim bloom series and i i mean he did an excellent job with this team there was deserves a ton of credit and here we are i mean i never thought you know w- when they had the whole COVID thing happen and when they lost the series to the yankees never thought we'd be here talking about an alcs preview 
And not only that, but they're they're the team waiting to see who who they get to play right. in the ALCS. I never would have thought that we're like, oh, who are the Red Sox going to play in the ALCS? There was a that our series was a first series decided. That's just mind blowing. That's unbelievable. And it's got to feel extra sweet for uh, Bloom to do it against his former team. I know he has only you know good memories there. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but the fact that you know. They didn't let him go. He obviously got a better opportunity, but you know, there's oh, it, even the ex that you're good with, it still feels good doing better than them. Of and course. I think that's really what it was here. I mean, he because now he's kind of running the Red Sox a, a little bit like the Rays, but if the Rays had money, um, because you know it's very hard to cross that bridge. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, their fans, you know. <laughs> How about the fact they didn't sell out either of their playoff games? They did not sell out. The first game was like twenty five thousand. It was, yep. it was, it was a joke. And I mean, that second game, it was you know Friday night. Um, it was it was pretty much packed. There were still a few empty seats. It wasn't officially a sellout, but like, it's the playoffs. Like, yeah. How how can you not sell out a playoff game? Especially with being a hundred win team. And them being in the World Series the year before, it's not like this is like some uh, new thing to to Tampa fans. I mean, they were in the World Series in 08. They've been competitive off and on pretty much ever since. They honestly should have won a World Series last year. I felt they were, I mean, it was basically ripped from them. And they won 100 games this year with a really good team and a lot of exciting players. They're not a boring team. I mean, Franco, Rosarena, you got Nelson Cruz, you got a Hall of Famer on that team. I mean, you have an excellent manager. You have young pitching. I mean, yeah, to not sell out is just embarrassing. I don't care where you have to sit. Like, sell out. Just go. It's not that hard. It's a fucking bridge. Yeah, it's a no, bridge. I've, I've been in the very last row of a... Yeah. yeah, it's a fucking bridge. Is there a troll underneath and you have to answer his riddles three in order to pass? Uh, like, that's what they so, make it fucking sound like half the time. So, what I think it is is Danny DeVito is under that bridge, and you have to pay the troll toll to get into the trop. Yeah. That's just the thing, you know. The trop See, toll. I think that is the problem because nobody wants to cross; they just want to hang out with Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Come see my C ring. I'll show you my yeah. C ring. I'll give you this D ring. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! But that—that that is that's honestly ter- that's honestly terrible that that oh, they didn't sell out either games. I mean, me and Jack and I were talking, uh, you know, before we started recording, and it's just like, well, next year they're they're splitting. It looks like they're splitting time in between uh, Tampa and Montreal. Um, I, I think it's time that you might just have to bring back the Expos. Honestly, you're gonna have to at some point. I don't know if it's gonna be the Expos or you know another team, but <laughs> I don't. They're, I don't Race think it can be the cross. Expos. The Nationals own the rights to the Expo, so it would have to be a completely oh, new franchise. Just like how the Nationals weren't allowed to be the Senators, because I think that's Minnesota Rangers. now. Oh, yeah, or Rangers, Rangers, yeah, because they were kind of both there for a little, or both moved out from D.C. there. So it was a kind of weird situation. Um, but yeah, so I'm all for baseball in Montreal, but I hate that idea of splitting a season. I just don't see it working out well for either side. I don't see how that's going to make more people want to go to the, you know, 40 some odd Rays games. The Montreal side's going to be great, especially initially. They'll probably, you know, actually get something. But, you know, it is a tricky situation because what if the, you know, Rays franchise starts to, you know, fluster again there. And, you know, some of the teams in Montreal aren't great. That, that was a legitimate problem in the early 2000s and the 90s, even with, you know, Pedro Martinez, the greatest pitcher of all time. They didn't quite know it at that time, but right. I think you really kind of get the worst of both worlds. I tweeted about it on my personal account here. I just don't see why or how logistically it would work out and why you would ever want to go there if you're a player, um, you know, especially if you have a family with kids in school. Like, it, you either have to be away from them for half of the year or pull them out of school it it just I don't see how it's really gonna actually work out for them, and it's unfortunate. And it's and it's bold of uh, of ownership, raise ownership to assume that 
Uh, Tampa fans won't cross a bridge, yet they will cross an international border to go see their team <laughs> play. <laughs> um, no, but I, I agree. I mean, as a player, how how do you draw players to say like, hey, you have to play half your games in Florida, which is cool in front of no fans. That's not cool. And then the other half is this completely unknown thing where you're playing in, you know, uh, across the border and uh, just, I mean, in the in the late late in the season like if you play october games there i mean it's going to be cold if you play yeah. in april and may it's going to be cold like i, I mean it's yeah it's 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 a whole whole new selling point for players that you have to figure out at the end of the day the biggest selling point is the organization is still going to be run baseball wise the same and if they need to, if they can just fucking pick a city which i think it like, should be montreal then i think that'd probably be the best bet but yeah they had vlad guerrero and pedro martinez at one point and they didn't draw like they still had trouble drawing fans. So it's not like Montreal is like this fix all for like MLB franchises. Like there's still going to be challenges. Hockey is still king there. So, right, I mean, exactly. you got to figure it out. Um, but I think for, for young guys uh, playing in Montreal, it um, it is the strip club capital of the world. So yes. um, there's, there's no shortage of fun in Montreal. St. Catherine street. How you doing? Oh, How you doing? Time, baby. Kid. <laughs> good old good old saint kathy i gotta wait i gotta wake my way up to montreal at some point i've never been but i've heard it's a good time it's i don't fun. know if either of you guys have been but i i've yeah i've been i know jack's been. i've been twice um oh okay i have yeah no um i once almost what, got arrested raise? there for um legit sign stealing i i took i what I said, did you get a raise? I found a sign that said, like, detour, but it had, like, you know, the funny accent mark because it's, like, French-Canadian. And I was walking around with it thinking I could somehow bring it back, and I got pulled over by a police officer. They just took it away from me, but... Um, they could have chopped Yeah, I, I, this could have been an international crisis. Um, thankfully, this, uh, you know, uh, my mutual Twitter follower, uh, Barack Obama was still in office so i could have just sent him a dm and it probably would have worked out fine um but you know here we are um i am not an international uh war crime criminal and um uh i think it brought some good karma to the socks if uh trump was in office you'd be you'd be you'd be seeing get jack webster home he's a great guy we love him. No, he probably would. We need him home. <laughs> That's Although he doesn't like me, he's a good guy. Great people. He's fantastic. Um, Donald Trump was. Uh, you guys are cutting in and out a little bit for me. No. No. Um, Donald Trump was worried about one thing, though. If George Steinbrenner was around, so many more people would be getting fired. I don't know how they haven't announced uh, Aaron Boone uh, will not be rejoining the team. I'm guessing they're waiting until the actual contract is up um, when the offseason officially starts or whatever. But, like, yeah, it's not a good look for him right now. And it's an even worse look when Yankees fans are cheering for the Rays and lose again. I think that's what I was going to say. I I feel like this is, like, going to maybe put it over the top a little bit. Yankees ownership looking at it like – all right, we're watching the Red Sox on TV. You know, we were supposed to be miles ahead of them. What went wrong? You know, we got to go in a different direction. Maybe it's moving. Especially the the display that Alex Cora is putting on right now as a manager. I mean, he is managing circles around everyone in Major League Baseball right now, including Kevin Cash, who is a great manager, and obviously Aaron Boone. So, I mean, if you're the Yankees, you're looking at it like, dude, we, we just got to we just got to do something else. It's just not working out. Is it time where you just like think you yeah. like you just got to kind of not like blow it up, but you really got to make some like real, real decisions here on like on, on player personnel? Because, mm, yeah, I, you definitely you definitely have some big decisions to make for the Yankees. But um, I think that I don't know. They've been kind of stubborn with that core. Like they've been kind of setting their ways with that core and that group. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, going going back to uh, the Red Sox race series, um, man, last night Nick Pavetta, uh, man, he was just called upon, and he almost put a. Uh, I, he's not not quite Nathan Eovaldi, but uh, almost to that um, 
almost to to what Evaldi did, uh, you know, in Game Three of the World Series. I think LeBeau, were you at you were, were you at that? You were at that game. Yeah, right? I was. Yep, I remember it uh, very vividly, and it was definitely. Oh, you were. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it was most most uh, exciting baseball game I've ever been to. Besides, honestly, the AL wildcard game. Um, as as much as I hate to say it, like if you if you're a baseball fan, like the World yeah. Series game is the one you would want to be at. But as a Red Sox fan, it was the wildcard game. Um, nonetheless, Pavetta, awesome. I mean, just really killed it. Did we lose uh, Did we? Webster? May have lost no, him. I'm still here. I, I'm just moving because my oh, Wi-Fi is very bad in oh, my there basement. We go. He's making the move. He's, uh, he's making yeah. the move to Montreal. Hard out. <laughs> Get better Wi-Fi. Walmart Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, now, now we got uh, Donnie Darko over here. Oh, and, oh there, uh, there we go. Legs oh, apparently. Whoa, 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 so. whoa, whoa. Yeah. I'm gonna have to blur that People out. watching on the YouTube channel, um, you get to see our beautiful faces, our be- beautiful white pasty faces. Like we look like the three most generic white guys that you could have pulled off the street to start a Red Sox podcast with, like. Literally, all that we you could do, we need to do to rob a bank is just put on a gray Pats hoodie and a Sox hat, and they wouldn't be able to identify us in a thousand years. With a pack of Marbreds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I actually feel like being this white of a podcast is almost disrespectful on Indigenous Peoples Day, which ends in one minute. So <laughs> this is almost like this is almost a slap in the face. Um, but luckily, it ends in one minute. So. So the first uh, 19 minutes of this recording is just not a good look. No. Yeah, yeah. I'll bleep it uh, out. But yeah, so to put this in perspe- some perspective about the the game on Sunday night, I actually missed uh, most of it. I was at my buddy's bachelor party, and then yeah, I was actually were. on an airplane from the 9th to the 13th inning. So I was listening to the game, you know, walking on, and, you know, up until the point there, they basically told me to go fuck myself and I had to turn off, uh, you know, my uh, 3G. So the second I landed, you know, obviously turn it on, check on the score. Uh, two, three pitches in is when Christian Vasquez hits the walk-off home run. And I'm like trying not to freak out on this plane so I don't oh, get yeah. court-martialed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, ended up being great. Um, I was absolutely annihilated. I ended up throwing up uh, in the parking lot of Reagan National Airport uh, just a little bit, just a little That's bit. Awesome. But um, That's American. We right made there. it. Yep. And we should probably get into this just because, you know, everybody's uh, complaining about it. That was the right call in the 13th inning on that Hunter Renfro deflection. It was a ground rule double. I know people hate to say it. If it happened to us, you know, I like to think I would, you know, probably be fucking annoyed about it. Sure. But it was the right call at the end of the day by the rule book. I remember when that obstruction call happened in the 2013 World Series. Obviously, you know, I was fucking pissed about it. But like even immediately, I still knew that was the right call, even if I thought the rule was fucking dumb. And I mean. So many people were just crying and crying and crying about it, including the race social media uh, person who took some fat fucking L's this series. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, is that the uh, was that that uh, the Molly woman? No, you're thinking of someone else. You're thinking of yeah. the one that was like, imagine trading Mookie bats. Yes, that, yes. No, yes, that's yes, that's yes. someone. That's like a she national. also meant she was like you that she also said that call was wrong, but like. I think she's a Dodgers person. Yes, I, yeah, she's either national or she's Dodgers. I think she's she's West Coast uh, in some way. I feel like when it came down to the call, it couldn't happen to like a like a uh, I don't want to say a worse uh, fan base because I feel like the Rays, although you know they've had a lot of success and their fan base is growing, I feel like they're probably the least educated when it comes to just baseball, like. And I feel like it's very like elementary that some of the things they say, especially on Twitter. And it's I just I feel like that epitomized it. All the takes that you saw from the Rays fans epitomized how truly like, you know, they, they don't understand the game. And I'm not saying that, you know, we knew what the rule was right right away. But the rule is the rule. And you didn't get screwed. I mean, yeah, maybe you had some bad luck, but no one's out to get you. I mean, it's such a childish thing. Say. Yeah, saying the game is rigged 
for the Red Sox is just absolutely ridiculous. Right. I mean, the the game's not rigged for anybody. It takes so much more planning. Do you really think Manfred is competent enough to pull off a rigged system? Like no. it, like it, you just kind of have to let it play out. And I mean, it it did, and you know, you, you can say even the better team won this series. Yeah. So, Jack, you had actually uh, retweeted the um, that that same play happened um, with the Rays in, in the in the Blue Jays. Um, yeah, two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that that same thing happened. Kevin Cash knew the rule. He knew the rule. Exactly. 100 percent. Yeah. That's why he didn't he didn't he didn't even go out and argue once. He didn't even come out of the dugout. Yeah. He knew it 100 percent. The only was, uh, I actually saw a John Boy uh, breakdown of it, and those videos are always excellent. Shout out John Boy, yeah, probably yeah. one of only five Yankees fans I like. So, yep. um, but yeah, no, the only time he came out was you know he was asking the umpires, was it intentional? And it was clearly not intentional. You literally saw Hunter Renfro try to go right. over the he, wall he to recatch it again. He tried to swat it over, and thank God he didn't. That was the first thing I said after that play happened in the ruling. If he had grabbed it from going out of play and then tried to make a play, the run obviously would have scored. And, I mean, who knows what else could have happened in that inning. So, thank God. Thank God. But Like, I get it's a natural reaction to try to do it. But, like, right. yeah, it was, it was the right play uh, to just let it go over. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. I, I still, I mean, I still cannot believe just the turn of events and how lucky they did get. But, I mean, that's baseball. It, you you get one bounce. It's a game of inches. Goes your way. You love it. If it doesn't, you hate it. No, exactly. And uh, that brings us to uh, to that Vasquez uh, bomb to walk it off. I mean, like you guys say, Vasquez. I have one more thing to say about Nick Pavetta before we go, get there. Go ahead. Yes. That energy on the mound was probably unlike anybody I've seen before. He was sprinting off. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't do a fucking somersault or a cartwheel after the strikeout. I wish he did. There. But, like, it, that is something that, like, you see in the World Series. You don't see it in the ALDS, which really just shows, like, how invested he is in this team and how much the Red Sox have treated him better than the Philadelphia Phillies. 100%. And he was high-stepping into the dugout. I mean, little like, skip action. touchdown yeah. in the Super Bowl. And, I mean, that was just so awesome to see. You love seeing that intensity. I mean, it, it, you don't need to, like, be an intense guy to get intense for the playoffs. But if you if you want to pull it out and you, you, you truly want to, you know, reach back for something extra, that intensity helps. You know, it's it's October. I mean, these guys are gassed. They've been pitching all year. Pavetta pitched a ton of innings this year. So you got to rear back for something. You got to find it. He did. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that and like you like you said, Lebeau, I mean, that's that's really something you want to see. I mean, I know baseball's kind of like obviously like the dinosaurs are just like, oh, you just pitch and hit and do your thing and get off the field, but like don't show I, up I, your I, opponent. Exactly. Like I love like what like you said, like what Pavetta what Pavetta did last night is what you want to see. You want to see your guys are invested, emotionally invested in this game. They they want to win, they want to perform, and that's exactly what you saw from Nick Pavetta. And um, you know that, that that's what you want to see, and that's that's exactly what you Absolutely. got from Nick Pavetta. He he put it all out there. He pitched an incredible four innings, and 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 got you to the point of you know where you were able to win, and uh, and that's where uh, you know Vasquez came up, and he uh, you know came up with a clutch hit as he always does. He does hit yeah, he clutch, only hits. Has clutch hits. He only has clutch hits. I mean, just uh, I, if people forget that home run in Yankee Stadium in 2018, opposite field, just got that. over the wall. No, I, yeah, I mean, I know you wouldn't, but some people do. Um, that was absolutely huge. Just this season, the double where uh, it was Iglesias that scored from first against the Nationals. That was absolutely huge. Season saver there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's fucking clutch. He really is not really that good of a hitter, but clutch. And that's exactly why, you know, Cora made the move, you know, Ploiecki was catching that game, um, you know, and then he, he made the move to Vasquez and, you know, it, it pays off. Yeah. 
to have two guys like that is really cool. I mean, I'm not saying that if you have, you know, Yachty and Molina and Carlton Fisk, but to have two decent bats like that, one who can, you know, hit almost 300 in Pulaski and the other one to, you know, get under the ball and really drive it in clutch situations is nice to have. You can really interchange the, the catcher spot a lot. So that's cool. And then you even throw in Connor Wong, uh, Connor Wong in the mix uh, during the regular season too, a guy that can play different positions as well. And I mean, that only makes the uh, Verdugo bets trade uh, that much more valuable. And we'll see about Jeter downs. He had a down year, uh, no pun intended, but yeah. Um, yeah, we fleeced him for 60 games of Mookie bets. We fleeced him. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, Mookie, and I don't want to go into a tangent about Mookie bets and the trade, but um for a guy who didn't want to be here, you got Connor Wong, you got Jeter Downs, you saved $30 million worth of, you know, CBT. And most importantly, you got Alex freaking Verdugo, who loves playing here. And again, hits in the playoffs. He has more playoff RBIs than Mookie Betts. He's played four games, four playoff games, or five playoff games now after tonight for the Red Sox. Mookie Betts played 22 for the Red Sox. I mean, it, it, and he has more RBIs than Mookie Betts. And I everybody mean, knows RBIs are the best stat to determine how good of a player is. I mean, right. uh, fuck well, Brian Kenny, fuck uh, Keith Law, uh, fuck Saber. Yeah. Well, at how the many bunts? At the end of the day, the game is about getting runs, and Mookie Betts in the playoffs did not do that. No. So, Alex Verdugo, he he loves playing here. He loves the intensity. He's he's a he's a passionate guy. This team has a bunch of them. They have a bunch of them, and that's why this might not be the best team one through twenty five left. But they may be the team that like this kind of has like a little bit of like a two thousand seventeen Yankees feel, a little oh three Marlins feel where. Like, it's good one through nine. Anyone wants to step up and pitch. Everyone's having fun. Team's playing loose. I I, I like their chances against the Astros or, or the White Sox, wherever the fuck they play. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, getting into tonight's game, um, that was probably the biggest start of Erod's career. I know he even pitched in the World Series before, but... He was absolutely electric tonight, and I mean, I know two runs were against him at the end of the day here, but it really could have easily been zero. That first run, you know, was a double and then kind of National League style of play, but like he really kept us in that game, especially after we scored uh, so much early. Raphael Devers is not a real human being. He is our large nope. Dominican son that um, hits baseball real good, and I love him for it. Yeah. Um, I, I really have a, a, a strong love affair with Devers. I hope he never wears another Jersey for the rest of his life. Give him a fucking bag. I am absolutely infatuated with Raphael Devers. I love him so much. And Erod, I mean, what a fucking up and down career with the Red Sox, but whatever happens in the ALCS, that will be, you know, a nice way to go out as a member of this organization. Uh, a very, very good outing when they really, really needed it. Um, and, I mean, definitely something that he really needed as well. Maybe he'll get some extra money for it in the offseason from who the fuck ever, probably the Mets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think I, I'm pretty sure you just accurately called that right now. He's 100%. going to the New York Metropolitans. He will pitch exactly the same. Yep. And um, uh, he's going to be used to that uh, same type of media. Yep. Uh, but no, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up giving him a qualifying offer. Maybe he comes back on a one year deal. We'll yep. worry about that. You know, after the playoffs here, we got plenty more time to talk about that. We got to save some content for the off season too. So of course, exactly. And, uh, I was just going through Twitter here and, uh, you know, our, our good friend, Steve Peralt, um, just tweeted the uh, the Red Sox have won their last eight straight postseason games with the chance to clinch. Oof, it's pretty good. Wow, that is really good. That is pretty good. Yeah, Jeez, if you ask me, it, it it could be nine and nine and zero, oh, but uh, we'll wait for the next series. Yeah, they really do seem to step on throat when they have the chance, and that's I feel like that's the embodiment of how Alex Cora manages. He is a strike while the iron is hot 
And you saw that today, late in the game. I mean, the small ball. I mean, I liked the bunt, but I hated not pinch running for Vasquez at that time. I I didn't understand that. Yeah, one he bit. waited till he got to third base. I thought that was kind of questionable. Like you either leave Vasquez in or you know, you do it right then and there and ended up yeah. working with, uh, he actually ended up having some great base running on that grounder to third, uh, from Shaw there. I, uh, he did exactly what you needed to do, but right. yeah, no, I'm so glad that, you know, Cora at least put in, um, Danny Santana after there, which is the, which is, this is his only job on the team right now. His jo- he's not going to get a single at bat. He's only here to run. And right. that's Fast. perfectly fine. You have guys on your postseason team that can do that. Um, and I yeah, mean, you always have guys like that. But if you weren't going to put him in, then I feel like why waste the roster spot almost? You know, so I'm glad he I'm glad he at least put him in when he was on third. But well, he we're already wasting a roster spot with Martin Perez. So right, yeah, same, <laughs> same situation. I mean, uh, you could make an argument that Ottavino, Barnes, and Perez all really shouldn't be on the fucking roster because Ottavino, although he's not a bad pitcher, he never even saw the, the light of day in the ALDS. Did he pitch once? I think he pitched once. I think it was in that first game. Okay. Yeah. Low leverage. Barnes, low leverage game two. Um, and then Martin Perez, the the warm-up queen, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you were saying in our in, a, in the group chat earlier, Jack. He's he's he is the modern day. He is the 2021 version of, of Pomeran. Except except Red Sox Nation likes him. I think we all everybody yeah, yeah. knows that he's not very good pitcher. We didn't spend a lot of money on him, so um, and it's not like we traded away anything for him. Um, but yeah, going back to what was it the eighth inning? That was such a frustrating inning, though on uh, both offense and defense. Of course, you have Brazier, you know, just giving up base hits like nobody's business. And um, Garrett Whitlock coming in to really just strand that runner at second, save the game right there. If that run scores, it's the, the game's over. We don't score in the ninth inning. Or, you know, it's just a completely different view or feel. Um, and then, you know, going into the bottom of that inning, you get a gift. You get an absolute gift with uh, Alex Verdugo being at second base and there is not a chance you fucking run on Kiermaier there you don't your chances of scoring are not that much different from uh, right. second base and two outs compared to third base and two outs and uh, when you run like that you make your chances a zero percent chance so yeah I, the- it, it was the call was wrong I, I think uh, it's very easy to tell that, which really just goes to show, hey, the umpires don't rig it, you fucking idiots. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Right, they got imagine the call thinking the red, Imagine thinking the ums rig it after fucking that call. Yeah, and then after that one, and then also, dude, the fucking bunt yesterday, the bunt where he fully went around and punched at it, and it was a it was a clear strike three. I mean, a little league level umpire could have made that call. It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen live. He punched at it, and then he like after the ball was in the mate, he tried to sell it and like pull the bat back. And the umps were like, "Oh no, he pulled it back." Alex Cora was like, just in shock. He was like, "What are you What are you talking about? That wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Horrible call. Horrible. Jack call. This was another horrible call." Jack Webster and his uh, Little League umpiring days would have could have saw that. Yeah, no, uh, people forget. Uh, I threw a coach out once. Did you? Love it. Yeah, and he played uh, for the Little League uh, Red Sox team, which goes to show I am a man of high integrity and honor. Yes. So, You're not biased uh, there, at all. There's no bias here. I, um, uh, I I like to think I could do a better job than Angel Hernandez, you, uh, Joe West, and... Uh, everybody else so that just have uh mlb if you're looking to hire um slide into these dms i will try my best my knees aren't the best so i don't know i might need a chair behind home plate if you want me <laughs> <laughs> um but maybe, maybe i'll even take like a high high top stool i mean i feel like i can make that work i'm a little short too so i think that might be a better solution but uh yeah no that uh, hit me hit me up I do uh, just have one request, Jack. If you if you you know if you'd like to um, 
give us your best uh, strike three call. I, I really want to see. Well, this. It's, a, it's it's a little late, so I, I, it's going to be have to be a little tamer. Okay. Strike three, and then I just give him the fucking. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's legendary. You can't beat that. Yeah. You know, I I think and, more. And if anybody that. argues with me, I get to eject him. Yeah, it, it it definitely is. It is a little late. So that brings me to my my quick brief point. I want to mention managing the excitement of things happening when it's like 9 30, 10 o'clock at night, and you have like upstairs neighbors or downstairs neighbors, or you have family members in the next room. And it's definitely been like a challenge. Like I've definitely been yelled at by my girlfriend a couple of times when things have happened because I, I tend to, you know, yell a little bit yeah, overreact. Yeah, you get fired up, whether it's anger, whether it's it's happiness. But yeah, definitely shout out my neighbors if you're if you're listening. I apologize. Um, I'll, I'll get you a fruit basket if they win the World Series. <laughs> I won't. Um, and then shout out my my girlfriend for putting up with uh, with my antics. It's definitely. Been... Are, are you going to get him one of the uh, Derek Jeter gift baskets? Yeah, I'll get a, get get them a, a Derek Jeter gift basket for uh, for their troubles with an autographed. Uh... NASP photo. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that that's gonna be real valuable one day. That's probably gonna be worth like what a million dollars. Maybe signed by all three. Well, I'll, I'll sign maybe five dollars. You know, like it's gonna be hard to collect all three of our signatures together on one piece of memorabilia, yeah. and um, uh, we need to make sure that we do like the to jeremy because that way otherwise they're just going to sell it we need to make sure it's customized it's customized. Yeah. custom yes yeah yeah uh, that that's coming in the near future yeah yeah yep yeah. uh please contribute to my patreon um we, we have cool prizes every month here um only fans uh, oh we are we we should get an only fans account Yep. Jack, Jack, you got to set that up. Yeah, we, we just do a podcast completely naked. Hogs out. <laughs> oh, you guys uh, are wearing pants? <laughs> I won't be wearing pants for a while after that win tonight. I am yeah, yeah. very, very excited. I, what it, I, I love that tweet that Lou Merloni had at like a few days. I think it was, no, it was the AL wildcard game. He was like, um, put runs up on the board. I want to watch the the eighth inning naked or something like that. <laughs> he definitely, I relate to Lou more than any of the Red Sox media personalities or any Boston media personality more. He is so into it and you can just tell it's pure raw emotion from a guy who just absolutely loves that team more than anything and will defend them to the death. Like the whole feud right now between WEI and the sports hub, how the sports hub tells you to hate the Red Sox and how they Tony Mass, fuck Tony Mass. Yeah, I mean, oh, I only say Tony Mass. Yeah, but like, it, it really is. It's the whole network, and it's all these fucking like loser wannabe, uh, just basically football guys that went to UMass and got a fucking bullshit degree who just like broke into the industry and just are like, oh, I hate baseball, and they don't want to watch baseball, so now they tell you not to watch it, so they only want to talk football, and it, it it's just like I get it, you know, if you want to talk football, that's fine, great sports, most popular sport, but there's a baseball team that people care about. Don't tell them not to watch it because you don't feel like watching it. No, they, they, they're telling them not to watch it because they don't have the broadcasting rights. They want to take money out of WEI's pocket, and they know that you know, WEI is the Sox, uh, uh, Shaws and Star Market, Red Sox uh, Radio Network. Yep. yep. <laughs> Great plug, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, um, you know, we're really trying to get these sponsors here. Uh, um, Joke please, please give me your money. I I will plug whatever you want. Uh, um, uh, my my dog needs food. Ronald's napkins. <laughs> uh, I I think that's copyrighted. Uh, yeah. we, we 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 gotta oh, make fuck. our own brand here. Yeah, yeah, we're getting sued. Yeah, yeah, we're um, we might as well just call ourselves uh, Section Eleven. <laughs> section no, this is Section Eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is the ghetto. We're on food stamps. Yeah, section okay. nine. We're on the third base side. <laughs> CVS, no alcohol, family section. Dude, I went to opening night, uh, opening day there in 2019, and I was like, man, why is this ticket so cheap? And then I ended up just uh, treating it as a standing room, essentially. Yep, you got to. 
We've all been down that road one point in time. Like, I think one time it was like, I think it was one of my friends was like, hey, let's go to the game. And we got there and I was like, dude, this is fucking the CVS family section. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) They will grill you about it. Like, uh, this stranger next to me at that game, he handed me a fucking uh, twisted tea. And that was like the perfect thing to have because like, you know, it's not that like bright blue or bright um, right. red that you might get with a Bud Light or a Budweiser. So like I was able to pull that off. But like, you know, I wasn't about that for, you know, well, nine so- innings. Plus that game it was freezing cold rain. It was one of the most uh, miserable I've been at Fenway, especially considering, uh, you know, the game. I think there was a steal of home against the Blue Jays and Chris Sale. It was. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jack, I just want to point out, I mean, you stole a sign internationally yeah. and you drank alcohol in the CVS family section. This is um, not a good look it, for you. It, I, I'm just going to point out this show is uh, for entertainment value only. Um, <laughs> nothing can be said or used against me in a court of law. And if you're a cop, you have to tell me. <laughs> Without the express written consent of the of uh, NAS podcast, yeah, yeah. May, may not be disseminated without the express written consent of NASP podcast. TM, TM no TM. prosecution. <laughs> Copyright twenty twenty one. Jack's got a couple lawsuits his way. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. Sucks. The first sponsor we're gonna have all that money is gonna immediately have to go to a fucking lawyer. The first sponsor we might have is Rob Levine, the heavy hitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The heavy hitter. By default. I can, I can only imagine, like, the few people living uh, outside of New England. It's just like, Rob Levine? What are you talking about? For those of you who don't know, he is that exact lawyer that you see on a billboard no matter where you go on a con- in the country. So yeah. uh, that, that should fill you in on everything that you need to know at this point. <laughs> yeah. He is, um, he is the ver- he's Rhode Island's variation of, like Jack said, that lawyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he is our better call Saul. Yes, one hundred percent. But he also looks the part. Like it's like he he he's kind of like Guido looking. He's tan, you know. He's got like <laughs> he's got like slick he's back definitely hair. Definitely jacked up a little bit, you know. I used to see him at uh, Whiskey Republic all the time. He was just like just always just chilling. It. Oh, he he yep. was big at Paw Sox games too. I saw him a few times there. Yep. Good for Rest him. in peace, Paw Sox. Yep. R.I.P. in peace. I, I did see him one time in uh, – he was he, – like you said, LeBeau, he was Guido looking. He had like this silk yeah. button-down shirt. His hair was like slicked back. Yep. You know, he's got some he, – he's got some women next to him. You know what I mean? Just, just shooting oh, yeah, it up. Oh, definitely, yeah, you know? definitely looking like a Rhode Islander up in there, you know. Yep. Yeah. Slinging it. Good straight out of, Straight out of Johnston. <laughs> yep. Miserable spring. Miserable spring. Yeah. Ah <laughs> uh, fuck! But um, to our ALCS bound boys, you got a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I like our chances against either team. I know we touched upon it briefly at the very beginning, but I mean, um, as it stands right now, uh, Astros have a two-one series lead. I believe it's uh, McCullers versus Rodon in Game Four there. So hopefully it goes to a Game Five, and then you know they both teams kind of have to. Use all hands on deck there, and uh, you kind of might be able to burn some people before the start of uh, game one of the ALCS, which I believe is on Friday. Um, yes. So yep. I think you should be able to have Nate back by then, probably have Sales start game two. And then honestly, at this point, you probably have to start uh, Pavetta game three. I mean, I think he's earned it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not to say Eddie hasn't, but like, yeah, when. Uh, uh, Pavetta was just unbelievable this last series. And even in that first game, really not having to have us like burn those guys um, re- made a huge difference throughout the rest of the series. Oh, I, agree. I guess my question would be, do you feel more comfortable starting Pavetta and giving him the ball? Or maybe he really like is kind of relishing this reliever role and saying, hey, we might be able to get, you know, maybe game one and game three out of him in relief as opposed to maybe just like game two or, or just game three. So do you feel, would you rather have him as a starter or you keep him in the bullpen? No, honestly, that's a good point. Like you having him be that super utility guy, being able to go multiple innings. 
Um, uh, that actually might be, you know, a bit more valuable even. And I mean, we definitely saw that there. I mean, and you saw Eddie can, you know, uh, step up in the big moment too. So, you know, we'll see how it goes, you know, um, it's a bit early to start even thinking about game three, but, um, you know, I think that coming back to Fenway, having those three games in the middle, kind of like how you had the two in the middle here. I, I, I know it's home field advantage, but, like, um, playing the first two and the last two at home, but I feel like those middle three games is when the series is going to be decided either way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it usually is having those three at home. Um, when was the last time the Red Sox played in an ALCS where they were didn't have the home field advantage? That's a good maybe question. Oh four, maybe. Oh eight. Oh eight. Oh eight. Maybe when they yeah, played the Rays. Oh, no, I think Rays had the advantage because Game Seven was played at the Trop. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, so when they, oh, yeah. like, in other words, they didn't have the home field advantage. The last time would have been oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it. Oh, 13, they had it. 18, they had it. 16, yep. 17, they didn't make it. So, yeah, it must have been, must have been 08. So, yeah. 08, yeah. I felt that was, I mean, that, that, that series went to seven games. Um, those middle three games are so crucial. So, I mean, if you can steal one, and whether it's Houston or Chicago, obviously I prefer to be the White Sox, but I, I don't know. Every time you rather play a team, it always comes back to Yeah, I think that. Just give me whoever at this point. But also, if you look at the pitching staff, I, I mean, the Astros, they don't really have any starting pitchers that like I feel like the Astros are kind of built like the Rays a little bit like there's not really. Right. I mean, McCullers is like the big one there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Granky. Yeah. Does, didn't he come the out ghost of the Justin Verlander? Yeah, I think goes to Verlander and Garrett yeah. Cole. And, yeah. yeah, they had a heavy hitter rotation at one point, but I mean, they're. It's kind of piecemealed together. It's like you got guys that you can get to there. With the White Sox, it's like they hit you with Lynn Rodon and Giolito. So, I mean, it's that's a Their tough starting one. pitcher is definitely more solid, a lot more right. solid for sure. Plus, they got Kopech. They got Kimbrell. I mean, although Kimbrell looks like he's absolutely fucking dog shit right now. They got he's a lot so of hit or miss. I mean, and right now he's in that miss mode. Right. I just don't think that the see the White Sox offense doesn't like jump off the page at at you. So I think that with the way the Red Sox are playing, I think I'd rather take the chance. Give me whoever fucking is on the mound. It looks like they're going to hit them no matter what. I mean, they light up Garrett Cole. You light up um, McClanahan tonight. You lit up Baz. I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to slow down. So I'd rather take this, the less scary offense because I don't want them to be matched. I think I agree with that. The Astros offense is really, really gross. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll say this will be a good segue into a little prediction quick. I will say if they play the White Sox, I take Red Sox in six. If they play the Astros, I'll take Red Sox in seven. Uh, I'm going to go Red Sox in six, no matter who we're facing. Love it. Ooh. Um, I will go Red Sox in six if they play the White Sox, and I will go uh, I'll go Red Sox in seven if they play the Astros. Okay, little so seven game series. So uh, you're you're not going to be um, on the wrong side of history anymore. Uh, um, no, I am. Uh, I'm not going to be that asshole again. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I was made a, I was I, I was made a fool of, and uh, I should pay the punishment. Um, you know that that's just how it is. Um, I was I was a fool. I was a fool. And uh, and now I look like an asshole, um, you know, uh, to the public. And it's it's not great. That, that's yeah. why I'm, I can't pick against the Sox now. Honestly, I do really feel like they have a, like they have a legitimate opportunity right now to win the World Series. I mean, this year, I obviously I didn't expect them to win this series. But I mean, the, the way I saw them play and they just battled this out, I mean, they have a legitimate shot to, to, to beat any, any team they face coming up. Yeah, they do. And I, I like their chances against anyone. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy against anyone. I am saying, though, that this team is certainly not like in store to get swept the rest of the year. Like, it's just not going to happen. The Dodgers are the most talented team left. The, the Giants are probably the best overall team left. But right now, with the Rays gone, this is anyone's competition in the American League. Anyone's. 
I'm going to take whoever the opposite of Trevor Bauer says. Yes. <laughs> and today he, he had the Rays winning, so um, I think the best thing for him would just be to shut the fuck up forever and uh, go to jail. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there real quick. Yeah, this is this is the first official NASP call to prison for a human being. We are officially requesting Trevor Bauer to go to jail. I thought all last week when we are telling um, every single person in the Yankees organization should, should be going to jail for killing that fucking turtle. Yep. That so was, I think yeah. I, I think we found our first sponsor. It's going to be the uh, NASP call to prison, and it's going to be sponsored by Rob Levine. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy hitter. Yes. NASP that is a call to prison sponsored by the heavy hitter Rob Levine. Jack Number one on the list games. is Trevor Bauer. But yep. the Yankees, they're 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 the the jury is still out. The jury is yeah. still out. If the Yankees don't fire Boone, right to jail. If they do fire Boone, then maybe they didn't intentionally kill the turtle. Maybe they it was an accident. We'll yeah, but I'll also take them keeping uh, Aaron Boone and just keeping to suck for the next uh, decade plus here. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love yeah. that. But the, the, the sea life won't. The turtles won't. <laughs> There's already so much plastic in the ocean. It doesn't matter. Yep. All these metal fucking straws and paper straws that we had to drink out of the last five years and the Yankees come along and ruin it in one fucking game by throwing Garrett Cole, who shit his pants in the wildcard game, and fucking killed the Turtles. <laughs> I feel like that's just going to be like a, something that we continue to just joke on for the rest of the uh, podcast history here. You know, oh, we could last another 10 years, and uh, we'd still be like, man, fuck Bronxy. Yeah. Fuck for like Bronx. the five people that listened uh, for our first episode. Uh, and actually, you know, uh, we really do want to, you know, thank all you guys for, you know, listening. Uh, we couldn't really ask for a better debut, especially online and all the uh, 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 Spotify and YouTube. So um, we really do all appreciate it here uh, just to make sure that we're all not fucking wasting our time. So and uh, and Jack, no, you were you were you were saying before we started recording here that, uh, you know, the, the Twitter has been really active with, uh, you know, uh, people engaging, um, you know, with the tweets and, you know, replying, liking, retweeting, all that kind of stuff. So um, you've been doing a heck of a job. Uh, I know you and LeBeau have been doing some 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 of the heavy lifting on on social media. So, um, you know, it's it's been good, man. Like, we, um, it's just a been lot nice of not having to spurt all this random dumb sock shit to my uh, non-baseball friends that follow me on Twitter so, like, I feel like uh, th this is the perfect balance in my life where I can just spew spew out and regurgitate all my dumb fucking thoughts. So no, it's, it's, um, it, it's a it's a win win, really. And you were and you were born for, uh, I mean, Twitter jokes in general. I mean, that is I, I don't mean to I don't mean to diminish your existence into Twitter jokes, but that is truly your calling. I, I, I can't wait to show this part of the podcast to my mom. Who, and I told her I started this and like she still hasn't listened to the first one here. And I'm like, Mom, it's OK. You don't have to. You don't yeah. have to. Mom. It's OK. Yeah. yeah. OK. I well, might she's definitely this one. This she's one was definitely not going to want to listen to this one because you are an international thief. Um, you know, so I'm sure she doesn't want to hear that. No, oh, she's so sup, 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 Jack's mom. <laughs> okay, okay. Calm down. I'll, I'll bleep that out. Yeah. Uh, your your lady is in the other room right now. You goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> As you can tell, um, we got a, we got some scumbags on the podcast. Yeah, this, this is actually going to be the final episode of Not Another Socks podcast. We broke up after this, and we're done. <laughs> it, it was a nice run, guys. It was a nice run. <laughs> it was. It was indeed. Man. I just had I just got something to say. Fuck Bronxy. Yeah, fuck no, Bronxy. But, but really fuck Bronxy. Yeah. Fuck the ocean. Alrighty. Clearly. Uh all right, man. Friday night, game one. Game one. Houston or Chicago, whoever it is. Um man, it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be fun. Yep. Yep. It's gonna yep. be a good, good time. Well, uh, 
be sure to be sure to follow us on Twitter, uh, NAS Podcast, Instagram, NAS Podcast, um, MySpace dot uh, com slash NAS Podcast, Google Plus, Hinge, Twitter, um, I mean yeah. Tinder, all that kind of stuff. So um, I'd suck a dick for a Red Sox American League championship. There we go. Well, Lebo, I'm well TikTok. You're gonna be uh, Addison Ray dancing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, shaking your money maker, and uh, yeah, and uh, so it should be good. So that yeah. is episode number two. Socks and right. six. Socks and six. Socks and six. Peace. Peace.